Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. One moment in your presence and we'll never be the same again. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Praise his name forevermore. We'll go ahead and be seated. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. God is so good. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. We're glad you're here today. Whether you're in the room or on live stream or podcast, thanks for joining with us. Whether you're in town, in state, in the country, or around the world, we're always honored that you would join us and that we worship the Lord together and that we share in fellowship under his word. Amen? Amen. Amen. Glory to God. And wherever you may be, whether in the room or whether online, just pull on the anointing, connect with the Holy Spirit, and allow God to do in you what he desires to do in you today. Amen. God's desire is always for your good. Isn't that right? Hallelujah. I want you to find your place in Isaiah chapter 5, and we will ultimately get there. Um, but in the last few weeks, we've talked from, math, um, from the book of Mark, where the Lord said about sowing the seed, the farmer sows the seed. He said the kingdom of God is like. So he compares the kingdom to a man that sows seed upon the ground. He goes to sleep at night, gets up by day, and the seed grows. How? He himself does not know. But when it sprouts and it grows, he will put in the sickle and take in the harvest. Amen? Amen. And, um, you know, that's what the kingdom of God is like, sowing and reaping. Whether we sow words, whether we sow deeds, whether we sow uh, finances, whether we sow things, giving, giving to other people, being good to others, whatever it might be, our whole life is about sowing. Words that we speak are sowing into our lives. And there is no um, limit to what you can sow, and there is absolutely no, um, what would I say, boundaries to what you sow. You can sow that which is good, or you can sow that which is not good. Right? And whatever it is we sow, we will reap. So we always want to be sowing what God wants us to sow. Sowing in the good things, in the good field, because we will reap eternal life or life as God has life, the Greek word zoe. So the seed is cast, and the seed we know is the word of God. The seed is cast, and then it sprouts. How? We don't know how that sprouts. We don't need to know how it sprouts. In fact, to not know is normal because how it sprouts is not your job. It's God's job. Isn't that right? Amen. The life within, within us produces the manifestation for we, the spirit of man, is the soil in which the seed is cast. And the seed will, I'm sorry, the soil will produce of itself. So keep the seed in the soil. So turn your trust from yourself and expect that the seed is going to produce because God said so. Yes. Isn't that right? The human spirit is programmed to produce by itself. That's the way God set it up. Uh, if you have a problem with that, ask him. <laughs> but he set it up this way so that when the seed gets into the soil, that soil is then programmed to produce of itself. Amen. So that's why we say whatever you sow, 
it's programmed to produce. Your spirit doesn't know. The soil doesn't know whether it's good seed, bad seed. It is programmed to produce whatever seed we're putting out there. Isn't that right? Amen. So we want to keep the good seed in the soil. Get it in the soil. Keep it in the soil. Don't let it be stolen away from you. It's not a matter of trying. Listen, it's not a matter of trying to manifest the seed. That is not your job. Your job is to choose to believe. That's what it's about. You believe what the Word of God says, which is the seed. You are to believe the Word, keep the Word in the soil, and the soil will produce. God's in charge of that. Amen. Amen. So if you believe something, if you have a conviction about something, you're not going to be swayed. You won't be swayed by other people's opinions. You won't be swayed by what the majority of people might be doing or what a group of people might be saying. You won't be swayed by that if you have a conviction about it. Isn't that right? You won't get swayed in your thoughts. You won't get swayed in your emotions. You won't get swayed by the circumstances of life that you have to look at and face. Because we all face it. We all have to look at it. But we don't live or walk by what we see. We walk by faith. And faith is in what God says. So if I believe it and if I have a conviction about it, I won't be swayed from it. Amen. Amen. So that's a quick review of the last two weeks. <laughs> so go over to Isaiah chapter 5 then if you haven't found it that yet. But Isaiah chapter 5 verses 1 through 4. Hallelujah. He says, let me sing now for my well-beloved a song of my beloved concerning his vineyard. My well-beloved had a vineyard on a fertile hill. He dug it all around, removed its stones, and planted it with the choicest vine. He built a tower in the middle of it and also hoed out, hoed out is that hone out? Hewed, thank you. And also hewed out a wine vat in it. Then he expected it to produce good grapes, but it produced only worthless ones. And now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge between me and my vineyard. What more was there to do for my vineyard that I have not done in it? Why then, when I expected it to produce good grapes, did it produce worthless ones? So the Lord's asking a very serious question. What more can he do? What more are you expecting him to do? He's removed the stony heart. When you got born again and you received Jesus as Lord of your life, he removed that stony heart, right? Removed the stones. He's given us the Lord Jesus Christ, the choicest vine. He's put a tower, which is the name of Jesus, is the strong tower. He's given us all of his promises in Christ, right? We're born again. We've received his Holy Spirit, born of the Holy Spirit. We've become a new creature in Christ and washed in his blood. The power of sin has been broken in our lives. We are redeemed, glory to God, from the curse of the law. We have been set in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So why then, when he expects the word to bring forth a good vineyard, why does it not bring forth? It's a very good question. You know, that's something that we can all take a Selah moment about and we can examine. Why are these things in our life and not working when they ought to be? Jesus has done everything possible for it to work. So go to Isaiah chapter 7, verses 1 through 4 in Isaiah chapter 7. And let's look at some things here, and maybe we can answer some of these whys. 
Why is it that it doesn't produce? Why, when I've done everything there is to do, why is it not producing? He says, now it came about in the days of Ahaz, the son of Jotham, the son of Uzziah, the king of Judah, that Rezin, the king of Aram, and Pekah, the son of Ramaliah, king of Israel, went up to Jerusalem to wage war against it, but could not conquer it. And when it was reported to the house of David, saying, the Armenians have camped in Ephraim, his heart and the hearts of his people shook as the trees of the forest shake with the wind. And then the Lord said to Isaiah, go out now to meet Ahaz, you and your son Shear Jesub, at the end of the conduit of the upper pool on the highway to the fullest field. And say to him, take care, be calm, have no fear. And do not be faint-hearted because of these two stubs of smoldering firebrands on account of the fierce anger of Rezin and Aram and the son of Ramaliah. Why is it that the Lord has done everything for the vineyard to produce? Why does it not produce? Well, one of the big reasons is because reports come to us. Circumstances show up in our life. And we start to get pressured and we start to shake like the trees in the wind. But the Lord says, take care, be calm and have no fear. He wants us to move out of fear and move into faith. Fear is the place of limitation while faith is the place of unlimitedness. Fear is the place of shaking. Listen, it's shaking concern. Oh, it's concern, but you're shaking. That's fear. Faith is the place of rest. You got to recognize fear for what it is. Fear isn't sitting down and watching a, uh, what was it, a Halloween movie, Friday the 13th, Freddy or whatever it might be, stupid stuff. You know, that's, that's fear, you know, horror and, you know, trembling. Fear is shaking, concern, overly concerned. Are you with me? Worry is based in fear. Anxiety is based in fear. But what does the Lord say? Take care, be calm, and have no fear. Now, take care means to guard and to protect, to guard and to protect. It is the same word that the Lord used in the book of, he- in the book of Genesis when he told Adam, keep the garden. Same Hebrew word, keep it, take care, guard it and protect it. Amen. Now, that's not going to be an automatic. It's something that we must take. He said, take care, not worry care, but take care to God. Take your position to God and to protect. Take courage. We must apprehend courage in the face of fear. You got to apprehend it. You got to take it. It don't come just automatically. And courage doesn't mean that there is no fear. Courage means that even though fear comes at me, I stand up in the face of it and I will act in the way I need to. I will act in spite of the fear and I will not let that fear tell me how to act. Amen. You know, Jesus said it in the world. You have tribulation, but be of good cheer. 
I have overcome the world. Joshua, the Lord said to Joshua, be courageous and strong. Be courageous and strong. Well, that's something he had to take. Isn't that right? Remember when uh, the disciples were on the water and they got caught in the storm. Remember when they were in the upper room after the uh, uh, death of Jesus and Jesus appears in the upper room. And what's the first thing Jesus says to them on the water when he comes to them on the water or when he appears in the room? What was the first thing he said? Fear not. Peace be with you. Why? Because it's only by the word of Jesus can peace come. Peace will not come because of the circumstances. Peace will not come because of the situation. Peace will not come just because things are looking good. Things are going well. No, peace only comes by the word of Jesus. And when you have the word of Jesus, you can always go to that word in the face of that fear, and that fear cannot touch you. It'll look at you. It'll stare you. It'll want to eat your lunch, but it can't touch you. When you take the word of Jesus. Amen. Take care. Be calm. Be calm means very simply be quiet. Be quiet. You know, you know what worry does, right? Yak, 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 yak. That's what worry does. Talks up a storm. But be calm means to be at peace. Be full of God and walk in quiet assurance. Being calm regardless of the reports. There were reports that came to them and they were shaking like trees in the wind. They were very worried. And the, and the word of the Lord comes, take care, be calm, be quiet, have quiet assurance regardless of the reports or how the situation may present itself. Listen, situations are not what they seem to be. It's only what it presents to you. It's called a scam artist. Scam artists will present a lot of things to you, but it's not real. It's not true. They've come to scam you. And that's exactly what situations do. The devil comes to scam you, but it's not what it really is. It's only what it's being presented to you. And this is why we say things like, well, what if it don't work out? What if things don't change? Well, what if this or what if that? Well, what if it does change? Yeah. What if it does work out? Yeah. <laughs> Why do we always go to the negative side? Because of the weeds in our life. I mean, if God said, then it will work out. If God said, then it will be good. Well, what about the situation? Well, who cares what it's presenting? It's a liar. It's a liar. It's just presenting to you the narrative that you want to feed you. And you ought to know something about narratives over the last six years. Huh? Amen. Amen. Be calm. When the children of Israel was at the Red Sea, Pharaoh coming behind them, mountains on each side, the Red Sea in front of them looked like there was no way out. They're running around crazy. And what did Moses say to them? Be still. And be still means get your mind quiet. Shut that thing down and stop with the worry. Be still and see the salvation of the Lord. Be quiet. Be calm. Amen. Philippians 4, 6 says be anxious for nothing. But in everything through prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And notice what he said. Through prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving. Why thanksgiving? Because thanksgiving is the voice of faith. 
you believed you received it when you prayed. So the voice of faith is, thank you, Lord. It's mine. And situations can't present otherwise. Circumstances can't speak otherwise. You won't take any other contrary information. I believe I received, I prayed, I've done what the word of God says. I've put off the anxiety and I have made supplication to God and I thank him that I received it. Therefore, it shall be in my life. I have sown the seed and God will grow it. Amen. Take care, be calm and no fear. No fear means no dread, no terror, not be afraid, not having an emotional or intellectual anticipation of harm or feel like something just might go wrong. You ever feel like something might go wrong? Welcome. Welcome to life. You know, from the time you're a child, you don't have an anticipation of, of harm until somebody teaches you. You know, my grandson, when he was, I think he was about three years old at the time, and he would get on a four-wheeler that was actually built for 12-year-olds. And at three years old, he could handle a four-wheeler that was designed for a 12-year-old. And he'd zip around on this thing. I mean, he did great. I thought all my marker lights and everything on the property would be gone. I mean, he's, he never touched one of them. He used it as an obstacle course, you know. <laughs> and he did, like, really good. And uh, he would get people, he, he would, you know, sometimes we'd have people at the house and, and he'd put them on the back of the four-wheel and he'd take them on a drive and down the ditches and everything else. They were all screaming, but he's having a good old time. And somebody said to me, oh, he's doing real good until he gets hurt and then he learns to be afraid. I said, you open your mouth, I'll knock your teeth out. I know that's not a Christian thing to say, but I'm not going to let somebody put fear into my grandchild. Because fear is a learned process. Are you with me? No fear. No fear. Not having an emotional or intellectual anticipation of harm. I just, I, oh, I just know something's going to go wrong. I just know something's going to go wrong. I know something's going to go wrong. Well, Why? See, why do you know that? See, that's a question that's very important. And I've told you the story about how God taught me about finances years ago to trust him by using my credit card. I know this is an odd way to learn some things because some people hate credit cards and they think, you know, credit cards are of the devil. But God used credit cards for me. And he said, if you will take your credit card and put on it what you need, I'll pay the bill at the end of every month. I was like, okay. You know. So at first you hear that and you're like, yeah, that's great. But guess what? You start using the credit card and the balance is increasing. And you're looking at it. You got a smartphone. You go on your app. Where's my balance at? Oh, Jesus, I can't believe it. How high is it? Are you with me? And uh, what happens? I'm shaking as the trees in the wind. This is a what balance? I know you said you're going to pay for it, but I'm wondering how is this going to happen? I start to ponder it in my mind. 
How's this going to happen? How's this going to get paid for? What if it don't get paid? You know what the interest is on these things? Huh? Yeah. And uh, I had to go back to what the Lord said. The Lord said, if you do this, I will take care of it at the end of each month. So I had a rest in faith that was in my heart. Because God's not a liar. Isn't that right? Now, I didn't live in this like every moment. Now, this went on for a while, and it took a while for me to get to the place to where I would say, okay, I know it's going to get paid at the end of the month. I'm, I'm not worried about it at all. I don't even consider it. I know because God said so. But as I'm building up to that point, okay, I'm considering, I'm looking, I'm pondering. But the shaking is getting a little less. The, the winds, the speed of the winds are dying down. And my shaking is getting less and less as I'm putting myself more and more into what God has said. Okay? And um, I didn't live in it every single moment. Like uh, all day long. Oh, God. Oh, how am I going to pay this? How is this going to happen? Oh, what's this going to Oh, I, Lord. I, I, you know, it's like God said, if you put it on the card, I'll pay for it every month. Oh, God, oh, God, you know. But he already said it. He don't have to say it again. How many times does he need to say it before you finally believe it? He told Abram once, I'll make you the father of many nations. But then he did things like he... Showed him the sands of the sea. Showed him the stars of the sky. He showed him things that he could relate to. Because you know he was spiritually dead, right? Abraham was. So he, he had to see things to be, that he could relate to. But God had already said it to him. And as far as God's concerned, that's enough. So when the bill came due, and you know the bill comes in about two weeks before it's due. And I'm looking at the bill, and I'm thinking, dear Jesus, the bill is due. <laughs> I need money. <laughs> I don't have any, right? Oh, God, I need you to bring this. God, will you do this? I hope you're going to do this. You know, I, I don't see how it's going to happen. Well, I had to take all of those questions and all those wonderings and get back over into faith, and this is what God said. And I'd have to say, the Lord said that he will take care of it. And I'm going to set my trust in him. And I'm not setting it on the things I see. I'm not setting it on what I have or don't have in my hand. I'm setting it on him and what he said and only what he said. And I had to what? Continue to declare what the Lord said. Continue to renew my mind because he said, I'll keep you in perfect peace if your mind is stayed on me. Isn't that right? When we receive what the word of the Lord says, and give heed to him, then we won't shake in our hearts. There may be shaking goes on around you. Your soul might be shaking, but that's when you as the spirit man is to rise up and take control of that soul. You're the man of the house. So therefore, you ought to take control of those things. Isn't that right? Thank you, Jesus. If we will Deal with the fear that tries to come against us. We will take on a quiet assurance. We'll walk in the peace of God. And that seed that he placed inside of us 
and which we received will come forth. How? Not your job to know. Don't need to know. How it grows, he himself does not know. Because God will grow it. What's my job? Believe God. Amen. So, one thing we do know about the growth is that the soil produces of itself. So I've got to take what God said and keep it in me. I've got to keep it, not let it be stolen by circumstances, not let it be stolen by fear or other things. I've got to keep that within me. Amen. Now, when we talk about finances, we understand that finances have other people involved. If you're believing God for $5, unless you find it on the street, somebody's going to have to come and give it to you. And, and people don't always want to be obedient. You know, I, our former pastor was in Bible school, and he had to pay $10 a month for his trailer. I mean, $10 a week to rent his trailer back in those. That was back in the 70s. $10 a week. <laughs> anyway, so... There, he had somebody living next to him, and uh, my pastor is believing God for that $10 to pay for the rent that week. And a man came over to him and says, I believe God wants me to pay your rent this week, but I don't want to. So I'm not going to. Yeah, it's a true story. So what happens if it looks like it's delayed, it's delayed, it's delayed? You still have to hold the faith that is now, that is now, that is now. And faith will allow the angels to go forth and bring about what you need. If you stop, they stop. If you stop, they stop. If you continue in faith, they'll continue working for you. Amen. But again, if you believe and you have a conviction, you're not going to be swayed in your thoughts, in your emotions, in your will, or in your circumstances. You need to set yourself. Set yourself on what the Word of God says. And stay there. Amen. Because pressures come. They come in every area of life. Pressures will come against us in our health. They'll come against us in our finances, in our marriages, in every situation. But we are to cast or to speak the seed of God's word into the soil in order for the seed to produce results. And when pressures come, that mind starts to shake. It wants to pull up the seed. It will try to dissect the seed. It's looking for the manifestation. Where's the manifestation? Where's the manifestation? I don't see the manifestation. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? How many of you ever had an acorn? Have you ever opened up an acorn? Did you find an oak tree? No. You don't find an oak tree inside of an acorn. Inside the acorn is the life that produces the oak tree. If you'll keep the seed in the soil, then the soil will take the life of that seed and produce. Stop looking for the manifestation. It's not your job. And the more you look for it, the longer it's going to get put off. In your intellect, you need to take care, be calm, and have no fear. Spiritually, we need to be fervent, white hot boiling over, not slothful, lazy, or a sluggard, but heroic in spite of the fears and the pressures that want to come against us. Keep the seed in the ground. Keep speaking the word. Keep meditating on the word. Keep declaring the word. Don't dig it up for any reason. Just keep it, keep it, keep it. 
Amen. I had to do that with the, the credit card deal. You know, there was another time the Lord came to me and he said, everything that you have that's liquid, give it away. I'm like, what? So I wanted to be sure I heard right. So I brought the proposition of God to my wife. Because if she said, oh, I don't believe that, I'm like, okay, I'm off the hook. Because if we're not in agreement, it's just not going to work. So I go to her and I go, I think the Lord's telling me to take everything we have that's liquid and give it away. She stakes a few moments. She goes, I believe that's right. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, you believe that's right? I believe that's right. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, you know, that wasn't hard. What was the first thing that started happening? My mind started shaking. I started feeling like quoting Peter. What would be left for us, Lord? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, you know, so I finally got my act together, and we found some people that needed their mortgages paid and, and stuff like that, and their cars paid, and we just gave away everything that we had that was liquid. And within a month, half of it came back again. I was like, dear Lord, look at this. Half of it's back already. And right away, the Holy Spirit said, give it away again. I'm like, again? Once is enough, isn't it? No, he said, give it away again. I'm like, okay. So then we took that and gave it away again. And within a month, it all came back again. And I said, Lord, do you want me to give it away again? Now I want to give it away. He goes, no, no, I just wanted you to get a willing heart and know that I can take care of you. I was like, well, glory to God. I said, if you ever want me to, just tell me, you know, amen, amen, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. See, you can't allow the seed to be stolen from you, thank you, Lord. The seed needs to remain in the soil. These things come to try to steal that seed away from you. You know, David, King David, when he was just a shepherd boy, he had a confession about his God. And he didn't change it when he faced Goliath. He had the same confession. The God that delivered me from the lion and the bear, he'll deliver me from the hand of this uncircumcised Philistine. For who are you to taunt the armies of the living God? You are uncircumcised. You have no covenant with God. And neither does the fear, neither does the pressure, neither does the situation that's coming against you. It has no covenant with God. The giant pressure, when he faced Goliath, the pressure of that giant only erupted even more that which was in him. Because pressure always magnifies. David didn't have a confession because everything was going well out there with the shepherd and the sheep. No, he believed it. And what he believed was in him. And it came out in faith no matter what he faced. Amen. You know, I've known people that they would have a good confession in church. Oh, I mean, they, they look pretty. You know, they had good uh, uh, confession. Their words seemed very, very well. But then the pressure came. And when pressures came, inappropriate things came out of their mouth. Unbelief came pouring out. And listen, if that happens to you, don't condemn yourself. Just understand where you're at. 
that you'd probably just not where you thought you were when everything was going good. You know, it's kind of like back in 2003, 2004, 2005. I mean, things were booming back then. And then 2008 hit, and the economy tanked, and so did the majority of the church. I mean, the body of Christ just gave in to the economy tanking. And uh, that confession that they had when things were going so good, all of a sudden it wasn't there anymore. Because they weren't going in the flow of faith, they were going in the flow of the world, the economics of the world. And when the economics of the world changed, they changed. Are you with me? You know, our first year when that happened as a church, our first year we lost, I think we dropped about 250000 in income on the first year. That can put a little pressure on you. Amen. And, um, you know, we continue to declare the faith in the word of God. We continue to declare that this is the day that faith is made for. Faith isn't made for the good days. Faith is made for the days when the pressures come. And now you're facing the same kind of pressures with the inflation and the gas prices and everything else that's going on, supply chain shortages and all the other nonsense that you're hearing. You're facing the same thing. But where is your confession? What do you believe? You've had from 2008 till now to get your confession changed. You've been in the boat, and now it's time to be on the water again. You know, Peter got out of the boat, and he started looking at the wind and started to sink. And, and he said, Lord, save me. And the Lord walked him back into the boat, and he said, oh, ye of little faith, why did you doubt? So while you're in the boat, that's when you develop faith. And then it was later on after Jesus rose from the dead and Peter's up on the rooftop. And he says, there's men that's come from Cornelius' house. You know, the Gentile, the Roman soldier. They've come from his house and you're to go with them, nothing doubting. See, he's bringing them back to the boat. Remember when you doubted? Nothing doubting this time. Get out on the water this time and don't doubt. Amen. So what have we done over the last... 12 years or so since the economy tanked in 2008 what have we done in developing our faith so that we can stand in these days because faith overcomes the world it does not matter what the world is doing it doesn't matter who's in the white house or who's in the outhouse our god is on the throne and our god is more than enough our confession is the same whether we are in church or whether we are under pressure Amen. And he calls, God calls all pressure, stubs of smoldering firebrands. That's what he calls it. Smoldering means there's more smell than there is smoke. Or it means that it's all smoke and there's no fire. That it burns sluggish. That it's suppressed. It has suppressed activity. You know, God has, Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. And that word destroy in the Greek means to unbind, disconnect, and that you would be unbound from the works of the devil. He is no longer connected to you. And he does not have free reign in your life. You are free from his hold. Glory to God. But the enemy wants to give you the illusion that he's coming on strong with great power. He's coming with a narrative of a situation to make you think it's one way when it's not. He's a smoldering firebrand. He's a burnout with sluggish activity. 
you know, I was just talking with someone this morning about where the Lord said, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Well, how fast did he fall? How far did he fall? And considering the light that he was when he fell, he was a burnout by the time he hit the earth. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> He's a burnout. Glory to God. He's a smoldering firebrand, has suppressed activity. He's, Jesus has paralyzed him, brought him to naught. All enemy. All the enemy does is blow smoke in your face. And he blows smoke in your face so that it's hard for you to really see. But we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. It don't matter what we see. It's what we know. Glory to God. I believe in healing. Oh, but now I'm dealing with disease. Well, the smoke of circumstances has come. Has it blinded your sight? Or do you still see the fact? That Jesus bore your sicknesses and diseases, sent his word to heal you. It's a benefit of being in the kingdom that, he, that he's healed all of your infirmities. How you still see what Jesus has done on the cross for you. Because it still remains the same. Amen. Verses 5 and 6. It says, because Aram with Ephraim and the son of Remaliah has planned evil against you, saying... Let us go up against Judah and terrorize it and make for ourselves a breach in its walls and set up the son of Tabeel as king in the midst of it. They wanted to terrorize it. The word terrorize means to cause a sickening dread. The enemy wants to cause a sickening dread in order to make a breach into your life. He wants to get a foothold and take opportunity. He wants to break down the wall, make a crack in the wall, and make an opportunity to be able to get in. And what happens when that sickening dread comes? We start shaking. We start digging up the seed. We stop, we quit saying what God says, and we start wondering if what he said is the truth, and we start to lose out on the manifestation of our harvest because now we're digging up the seed. And that's the whole idea of the enemy. He does not want you to receiving a harvest from God in any area because a harvest of God in any area of your life means his hold is being broken in your life. I looked at that credit card bill. I looked at my checkbook. I felt a sickening dread. But I had to go to the Word of God, get back with the Holy Ghost, start letting peace come in and move into my life so that I could move ahead in what God wanted me to. As long as I'm in that place of dread, I can't move ahead. I got to get in that place of peace in order to move ahead with Him. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verses 7 through 9. Thus says the Lord God, it shall not stand, nor shall it come to pass. For the head of Aram is Damascus. The head of Damascus is resin. Now within another 65 years, Ephraim will be shattered so that it is no longer a people. And the head of Ephraim is Samaria. And the head of Samaria is the son of Ramaliah. If you will not believe, you surely shall not last. The Lord said, no way it's going to stand. And that's what you need to know about the enemy coming against you. No way it will stand. He's a divided kingdom. He cannot stand. Isn't that right? The temporal seen realm will not overpower the light of the word of God. They are all defeated foes. They're all uncircumcised Philistines. But we will last. 
we will be established. To be established means, or to last, it means to be firm and to endure. The greatest strength in any human being is not within his muscle strength of his physical body. It's in the place of endurance. Endurance is the greatest strength a human being can have. To endure on the things of God and stand against what the enemy wants to bring. And you stand until it's done. Isn't that right? Amen. Amen. Glory to God. To be established means to trust, to be faithful, to be reliable. And how does it happen? As we believe. As we believe. If you will not believe, you won't last. So if we do believe, we will last. And we will be established. And that circumstance will not be established in my life. That situation will not be established in my life. That fear will not be established in my life. Amen. If we will not believe what the word of God says, then there'll be no producing of his promises. If we believe fear, worry, and hopelessness, then that's what the soil is going to produce. More and more fear, more and more worry, more and more hopelessness. But God has done all that is needed so that the good vineyard will produce good fruit. Who's the good vine? Jesus is the vine. We are the branches, and the branches bear the fruit. What has he done? He's done everything. He's put in the field. He's put in the vine. He's put in the tower. He's engrafted you into that vine. And why is there not fruit produced? He's done everything that's needed so that we can produce fruit. All we have to do is keep the seed of his word in the soil. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. You know, we talked about Wednesday night about not being slothful, lazy, and sluggish. It's not a thing of like, well, you know, quote, unquote, I believe. I believe. No. What do you believe? I believe. I believe I believe. That's what I believe. I believe. What do you believe? See, it's not about that. It's about getting the word of God inside yours. Well, I just believe God will heal me. Why? Well, I believe, you know, healing will come into my life. Why? I believe, you know, God's going to take care of this for me. Why? Most people can't answer it. It's just, well, I just believe. It's ridiculous. And people have been brought down that path when the only thing that's going to overpower any darkness is the word of God. In him is the light. The light is the life of men. And the darkness could not comprehend, apprehend, or overpower the light. The only thing in all of creation that the darkness cannot overpower is the light, the word of God. I'm not ashamed of the word, for it is the power of God. Amen. Amen. We must be heroic in our believing, heroic in our trusting, heroic in our giving, and heroic in our going. And we must realize from this day on, that the enemy is only a smoldering firebrand. He's all smoke, and he got a lot of smell. And it don't smell good. You remember where Jesus was crucified? What was the name of it? Golgotha, which is translated as what? The skull. He was crucified at the place of the skull. See, and if you would crucify the things in your head, 
and go beyond that and start taking heart, you can wind up meeting, running into Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Siskanu, Jehovah, the one that meets all of your needs, El Shaddai, the one that is more than enough. And all you got to do is get beyond your head. Amen. Amen. And some people say, well, you know, some people are just too smart. You're too smart for your own good. If you were smart, you would realize that thing is not your answer. God is the answer. And God's not in your head. God's in your heart. And if you want God in your head, then you got to take God in your heart and have your heart then teach your head. It's called the renewed mind, restored in the soul. Isn't that right? Amen. Hallelujah. He's only a smoldering firebrand. The enemy, listen very closely. The enemy, the devil, is not your problem. I know you want to think, oh, he's a big problem. He ain't your problem. The devil, we saw him fall from heaven like lightning. That was back when he was Lucifer and he fell to the earth and woke up Satan. What happened? He burned out. And then he tried to come against Jesus. He tried to come against the prophets. He tried to stop the birth of the Messiah. And Jesus was born. And it tells us in Revelation 12 that he was caught up to the throne of God. And there was war in heaven. And the devil was thrown out once and for all. And he was thrown to the earth. But Jesus said, I've overcome the world. In the epistle of John, it says, this is the victory that overcomes the world, faith. See, the devil is not your problem. Lack of faith is your problem. R.W. Schombach used to say that. You don't have any problems. All you need is faith. Not, I believe. No, it's the word of God in your heart. In your heart, in your mouth, in your decisions, and in your life. It orders your steps, brings you down his path, the path that drips with fatness. Amen. It's all about the word of God in your heart, in your mouth, in your life. That you make decisions based on what the word of God says. Brings you down the right road. Amen. The devil's not your problem. Faith overcomes. You know, um... (laughs) when I was like eight years old or maybe 10 years old, I lived on a street and the street I lived on, this was in New York. The street I lived on had a hundred kids on one street, a lot of kids. The ice cream man loved to come on that street. And uh, needless to say at 10 years old, there were times I would go home with footprints on my face because there was a bully on the street. And if he felt like jumping you, knocking your side of the head, whatever, he would just do it because nobody would ever stand up to him. This is at 10 years old, bullies. <laughs> and uh, so the bully was the problem. Until one day, I had enough, <laughs> you know. And uh, he decided he was going to jump my neck. And I said, forget this. And I don't know what happened. I remember, though, that I went blank. I must have got so mad. I went blank. And when I woke up and came to myself, his face was in the dirt. My knee was on his neck, and I was pumping his face into the ground. 
So, <laughs> so, so at that point, the bully is no longer my problem. He's still a bully, but he's no longer my problem. Why? Because I've learned to overcome him. You understand? When we were in the schoolyard and they had this railing and guys would sit on the railing. And if you walk by, they jump on you, grab you by the neck and throw you to the ground. Everybody laugh, you know, and uh, that happened for a little while. And after a while, I had enough. So I started working out. And um, I got to the point to where before I go to bed at night, I do about 400 push-ups. So somebody jumps on my neck when I walk in the schoolyard. You're on my neck. But I ain't going down. And now I'm going to grab you, throw you to the ground, and you're going to be the one down there. Walking by the rail was no longer a problem because I learned to overcome it. And if I walk by, they ain't jumping because they're looking for somebody they can take down. Just like the devil. He looks for opportunity. He prowls about like a roaring lion seeking someone that he may devour. But resist him firm in the faith, knowing that the same uh, afflictions are being accomplished by your brethren that's in the world. When Jesus was in the wilderness, Jesus, uh, the devil came to tempt him. And he said, it is written, it is written, it is written. And then it says, and then the devil left him for an opportune time. Because he's always looking for opportunity. He, there was different opportunities during Jesus' life to give in to the temptations of the devil. But the greatest opportunity was on his on the cross. And people were there and spitting at him. And they said, you've healed other people. You've delivered other people. Why don't you deliver yourself off that cross? Ooh, ooh, you know, if he didn't have his human side of his nature under control. He could have acted wrongly. And the devil went all the way to the last minute to try to tempt him. Because if he sinned, he could not be the spotless lamb. Amen. Faith overcomes. If you overcome the bully, he's no longer a problem. He might show up. He might say some things to you. He might threaten you. And you look at him and go, it's written. It's written. It's written. He has no place. Don't give the devil a place. Amen. All right, let's go over to Amos chapter 9. And we'll close here. Amos chapter 9. That's what I want to hear. <laughs> Amos chapter 9, verse 13. It says, Behold, days are coming, declares the Lord. When the plowman will overtake the reaper and the treader of grapes, him who sows seed. When the mountains will drip sweet wine and all the hills will be dissolved. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The days of reaping. The, the plower is going to overtake the reaper. So as he's reaping, there's more seed to sow already. And as he's sowing more seed, the reaper's back out there taking in the harvest. And as he's taking in the harvest, there's more seed to sow again. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Harvest, okay? The days of reaping quickly are upon us. Now, out there, 
Out there, it looks like nothing's working. Out there, it looks like everything's going down the tubes. Out there, it looks like there's no hope. But in God, in God, there is hope. And all you have to do is what? Believe. Believe. That's all you have to do is the work of God. It tells you right there on the back wall. The work of God is to believe. That's our job, to believe. We sow the seed in faith. We believe it's going to grow because God said so. So therefore, I'm ready. I'm getting prepared. I'm doing what I need to do so that I can put in that sickle when the harvest comes. You know, so many people wait so long. So I'm waiting so long for the heart. I'm just waiting so long for the promise. I'm waiting so long that when it comes, you're not ready for it. What did you do to prepare for it? Maybe it didn't come because you're not preparing. Just a thought. Just a thought. Thought I'd throw it out there. The days of reaping quickly are upon us. There was a man in church one Sunday night years ago, and he had a business that was barely making it. And the Lord had me to call him up. He wasn't even a member of the church. He, uh, he was uh, a family, visiting family. And the Lord had me to call him up and uh, just said to him, are you ready for the doors to blow off of your business? He's like, oh, I'm ready. And the Lord said, are you ready? For the doors to blow off of your business. He goes, I'm ready. And the Lord said a third time, are you ready for the doors to blow off of your business? And then he thought, maybe I'm not ready. I want it, but am I ready? And he left that service and got with the Lord and did what the Lord instructed him to do to get ready. And within a year, his business was grossing a million dollars. ready are you ready oh we all got the want but are we ready for it are we ready to handle it are we ready to obey God with it or does those things still have a hold on us that I wanted for my purposes but what about God's purposes are you with me as we sow just like here you're sowing reaping is taking place and sowing is happening again as you're reaping. So just as we may have gotten aggressive with sowing, it's time to get aggressive with reaping. That we cry out for the harvest that belongs to us. Time to get our seed into the ground. Time to get your seed list out. Do you still have a seed list where you keep track of what you sow, where you sowed it, and what you believe in God for that seed? Oh, I could see you don't. It's so quiet, you know, but, you know, suppose I've got a field over here and it's a five acre field and I've sown tomato seed over there in that five acre field. What would I expect from that field? And what would I expect from this field? And what if I went out to this big open field hoping for tomatoes but not knowing where to look for them? And what if I didn't know that tomato seed was sown over here and I dug it back up again? I need to dig this field because I need some tomatoes, but you already sowed. You need to know where you sowed. You need to know how much you sowed. And you need to know what you're believing God for in that seed. Amen. And every so often I get my list down and I start speaking over that thing. In fact, when we were building this building and um, Pastor Morgan would call me up. 
Now, it wasn't this side. It was on the two-story side. And Pastor Morgan would call me up, and he'd say, uh, we're having trouble in this situation. And we'd both say, hey, wait a minute. We sowed seed for that. And we'd go to the seed book, and there it was written down. And go, well, based on the seed that we've sown, and we're believing God, this will come to pass, and this will not be a hindrance. And it would be time after time after time, and things would smooth out, straighten out because of the seed that was sown. Because we knew what we sowed, we knew what we were believing God for. We were reaping that which we sowed for. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Getting aggressive in our reaping. Start speaking over our seed list. Start confessing the word of God over it. God supplies all of my needs, all my tasks, all my business, all my undertakings. Because I bring the tithe into the storehouse, he opens the windows of heaven and pours out a blessing till there's not room enough to receive it. And he'll rebuke the devourer for my sake. It will not destroy the fruits of my ground. The vine in the field will not cast its grapes before it's time. There's one that gives and yet increases all the more. I'm a sower and God supplies seed to the sower. He'll multiply bread for food and increase the harvest that comes from my righteous acts of giving. Amen. You got to start declaring what the word of God says. Keep it in the soil so that it can grow. Calling in the harvest. Hallelujah. Put in the sickle, the word of faith in your heart and out of your mouth. That's what your sickle is. Word, uh, the word of God in your heart and out of your mouth. Don't be terrorized in these days. Don't worry about what them boneheads are doing out there. Don't be worried about that stuff. You're not part of that kingdom. You're in the world. I mean, you're in the world, but you're not of the world. You're of the kingdom of God. We have kingdom principles we operate on. And the kingdom principles are over the principles of the world. Amen. Amen. Don't let these days terrorize you and cause you to shake. But be heroic. Take no fear. Keep the seed in the soil. Be heroic in giving and aggressive in reaping. The time has come to take care. Be calm and have no fear. Say that with me. I take care. I am calm. I'll have no fear. Say it again. I take care. I'll be calm. I have no fear. Amen. Amen. A paraphrase translation of that would say, don't let them see you sweat. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. We live in great days. No matter what's going on in the world, these are great days that we live in, praise God. God is more than enough. Isn't that right? Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. God's more than enough. He's everything. He's your supply. He's El Shaddai. He's Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha. He's all that you need. He is everything, everything, everything. He's the desire of your heart. He is the manifester of the seed. He's the one that will grow it, produce it, bring it to pass. He gave you his word because he knows that it is possible. Because he's done all that is necessary so that the vine can bring out good fruit. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We bless you and honor you, Lord God. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, Father, I just thank you so much. I thank you for your word today. Thank you for your anointing today. 
Thank you, Lord, for that what you have deposited in our hearts, for the impartation of revelation that comes alive in us. That as we take hold of these things, it will direct our steps, that we'll move in the direction you'd have us to move in. That in obedience to you, Lord, we'll walk in your ways and your ways will produce. Father, I thank you. You said in Haggai, you said that there is one that, put, that has seed, but he puts it in a bag with holes. He drinks, but there's not enough. He eats, but there's not enough. And then he said, consider your ways. So, Lord, as we walk in your ways, walk in your word, we will have enough. We will be full. We will hold on to and keep that which you blessed us with. That it will not go into a bag with holes in it. But it will be solid. It will be secure. Because it's founded on your word. Oh, Father, I just thank you so much. Thank you so much for your goodness and your grace. That you unveil within us the unlimited riches of your glory and your grace. We thank you for it, Lord. We honor you and bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you that as we come before you today with our giving, thank you, Lord, that we do so according to your word, that we don't just drop a buck in the bucket when the bucket comes by. But whatever it is that we bring, we bring according to your word. And we declare your word over our giving. For we know that it's your word that produces some 30, some 60, and some hundredfold. So, Father, I thank you that as we do these things, we can have an expectation of harvest according to your word. That there will be a harvest of fruit. And in that fruit, Father, we'll be able to share with others. And in all of the fruit, there's seed to sow again into your kingdom. That as long as the earth remains, seed, time, and harvest shall not cease. We thank you for it. We bless you and praise you for that in Jesus' name. And everybody declare it. Amen, amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. If you need an envelope for credit card or cash giving, there's one on the seat back in front of you. If there's not one there, just raise your hand. The ushers will serve you. If you joined us on live stream, thanks again for being with us today. It's always an honor to share the Word of God with you, whether you're online or on podcast. The Word of God goes forth in power. The Word of God is the power of God. So I do pray that the Word of God has touched you today, affected the way you think, and affected the way you believe, and will bring results into your life because God is not one to lie, but He watches over His Word to perform it in your life. If you'd like to sow seed into the ministry, go to our website. It's on the screen, newlifefamilyworship.net, and click on the giving link. If there's anything at all that we can pray with you about, please let us know. It is always an honor and a privilege to stand with you, stand before the Lord, to make supplication and prayer for your needs to be met. Amen. Amen.